Hey everyone, it's Jim, the producer for the Podbiket. Before we get into today's episode, it feels appropriate to briefly address the current global pandemic and how that's going to impact us. Today's episode is the last one we recorded before Loyola elected to transition to online courses. We will not be recording on campus again for the rest of the semester. The team is having ongoing discussions about what our next steps will be, but suffice it to say that the Podvocate is definitely going to be different for at least the next few weeks. Please wash your hands, stay home if you're able to, and take care of yourselves. Thank you so much, Carrie, for joining us today. Carrie Classic Johnson works in-house at McDonald's. Um, She and I also have a lot in common, which is surprising because she is one of the few University of Colorado graduates that also went to the University of Loyola Chicago School of Law and lives in Chicago. And believe me, I've looked for those people and there's not a lot of them. So thank you so much uh, for joining us today, Carrie. Of course. From Loyola University Chicago School of Law, this is The Podvocate, where law students exploring the vanguard of the legal world with experts from our backyard and beyond. Subscribe to The Podvocate wherever you get your podcasts. So I just want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself, beginning with your time at Loyola. Um, Well, thanks for having me. This is very exciting. I don't believe this was around when I was at Loyola, um, which was only I graduated in 2015, so um, not that long ago, but I think this is a great opportunity for students to kind of hear, you know, from practicing attorneys. Um, So I, like I said, graduated from Loyola in 2015. Um, I had been living in Colorado. Uh, Like Haley said, I went to University of Colorado at Boulder. I took four years off between undergrad and then wanting to go back to law school. And my husband is actually from the Chicago area originally. So we kind of had focused our search on Chicago. And I came out one spring to kind of check out Loyola and just really enjoyed the staff, enjoyed all the students that I met. And so that really made the decision for me to come here pretty easy. had a great three years while I was here. I did not participate in a lot of the standard uh, law student activities. I did not do moot court, mock trial. Um, I did the health law journal. Otherwise, I did a, you know, I participated in the business law clinic, which to me was the most important part of my law career, uh, because that was the one time that I kind of got to see what it would be like to be more of a transactional attorney, which is what I had wanted to do when I went into law school originally. Um, I had been in sales previously, and I I liked kind of the deal work, but wanted to be involved not just from the selling side of it, but from the kind of putting the deal together and making sure that it would work. And um, so that was an important part for me that I could go someplace that had an opportunity for me to see the transactional side of things. We've never had a guest on here that has worked um, in the business law clinic. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience and what you were doing there? I think it would be a good opportunity for other students to hear about it. Of course, yeah. So um, the business law clinic, when I was here, it was run by um, Shelley Dunk and Mary Han- Hanish. And I don't believe either of them are still here. Um, but basically, you get real-world clients. They're either nonprofits or maybe small businesses Um, you know, that are real businesses that need help either incorporating or drafting some bylaws or figuring out, you know, various kind of 
governance perspectives that they need to make sure that they have in place. Um, I've actually recently referred a family friend to the business law clinic and the clinic helped her, you know, get together all of the, everything needed to incorporate their not-for-profit in the state of Illinois. And they're now, you know, a, a 501c3 organization that's getting donations and they're helping um, immigrant families throughout the state of Illinois. And I mean, they couldn't have done it without the business law clinic, but, you know, they were on a pretty strict budget and they didn't want their funds that could otherwise go towards, you know, the population they're trying to help to go towards establishing the organization. So it was really helpful for them and they've actually tried to refer other people in. Um, So it's, it's a great opportunity to really have real life experience. You do have clients, they come in and it is their actual business that you're helping them with. Um, of course there's going to be, um, a teacher with you the whole time. So you're not, it's not just, yeah, you're not thrown to the wolves. Um, but it was, you know, how the first time I saw bylaws and understood what they were and understood, you know, the number of directors and what the role of a director is. And, um, it was kind of a real life way to see how the concepts that you learn in business organizations actually, you know, are put into real life. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was business organizations was another class that I had really liked. Um, and it's one that definitely, if you're interested in doing any sort of transactional work, it's very important because to me, if you're working, especially if you're in house, if you're working at a company, you really should know what, how it's structured. You should know the difference between a corporation and a limited liability company. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at McDonald's, we have, you know, McDonald's corporation is our you know parent company, but we have hundreds of subsidiaries underneath it. Um, domestically and internationally. And so understanding how the structures work between, you know, the different entities is really important. And so after you graduated in 2015 from Loyola, after that, tell us about your first position um, post-graduation. So I went through the OCI process, the on-campus interviewing process here at Loyola. Um, It it was the summer after my 1L year. So it must have been 2013. And I honestly had never heard of OCI. I was kind of walking by and I saw a you know a billboard that said you know OCI, and I went in and talked to the counselors, the career counselors, career counselors yeah. and just kind of asked what it was. And they said you know they explained it to me, and I really had not thought that I wanted to go to a big law firm. I'm the first lawyer in my family. I could not have named a law firm for you. Well, you know other people were could name the top thirty very easily and it just sounded like a mismatch of names to me so I really had no interest in going um, you know to a big firm but thought I might as well explore the opportunity because I did like the idea of having a job kind of secured early on Um, and so you know I submitted all the stuff that you had to do had some interviews really had a great conversation with um, a woman who was a shareholder at Greenberg Traurig who came here she also is a Loyola alumni um, and, you know, we, we chatted and then I ended up getting called back to go into Greenberg and I went to their website and found every Loyola person in the Chicago office. And I reached out to each of them before my interview, before my you know, on, on-site interview. And each of them took the time to either email me back or call me back and chat with me for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, which when you're at a big law firm, some of them are, you know, partners, that's a lot of time, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of their value. Um, and so up for me, I thought that was just really showed what the firm was about. And so I thought, you know, explore this again. So I went, I ended up, you know, getting an offer to be as a summer associate, which is basically a full-time, you know, position 
You work there during the summer. You get real work. They work you hard, um, but you really learn what the firm is about. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, follow kept kept saying, well, I'll see how this is. And I ended up really liking it. So um, I started as a full-time associate right after I graduated. Um, it was nice. I actually worked there as a 3L as well. They needed some okay. extra help um, just with some corporate, like, diligence and just some general lower-level deal work. And so I ended up working there, I think, between 15 and 20 hours a week my 3L year, which was really nice, and that was a great way to transition back from – being the summer associate and then, you know, you take a full year off basically before you go back to work. So it was nice to kind of keep those connections with the associates and partners so that when I did start back, um, it was easier for me to get work. Um, and then, yeah, I started and I really, really enjoyed the work. I was in the corporate group, um, mostly doing private equity, mergers and acquisitions, buying and selling companies. Um, some I had heard of, some I hadn't. So, you know, it was fun to be in a mall and say, oh, I, I just bought that company, you know, or, you know, that company, I know all their secrets because I, you know, reviewed thousands of their contracts. Yeah. So it was kind of fun in that regard. Um, I think it's no secret. You work really hard when you're at like when you're a lawyer basically when you're at a big firm it might be more for me it was what I expected you know I knew I was going to be working long hours not have a lot of flexibility and so that and that's what it was and I expected it and I I enjoyed it while I was there and then you transitioned after that to working in-house at McDonald's so tell us a little bit about that transition, like why you made the move and then what that transition was like. Because I can imagine that it's very different from working in a big law firm where you have to bill every hour or every second. um, (laughs) Every six minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Every six minutes um, to working in-house where I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you have to bill your time. So I don't have, no, we don't bill our time at McDonald's. There might be places that do. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to say you won't, but I, you know, had been I was very happy at my current job but my next door neighbor has been a lawyer at McDonald's for almost 10 years now and when she moved in we were we got very friendly and so I had always told her you know I think that I might want to move in house eventually but I know that you need to do the three to five years of you know law firm experience of what I'd always heard and she was like yeah I don't I don't know I she went straight in-house she went straight to McDonald's from law school so she's like I don't know that's not what I did Um, but I know that McDonald's mostly hired more seasoned attorneys. Mm -hmm. So like, if I hear of anything, I'll let you know. Um, so, you know, I kind of always had just said, you know, if you hear, if you let me, if you hear anything, let me know. And if you know anyone in Allison house who knows of anything junior, let me know, just kind of making sure that it was known that I might be interested Mm -hmm. because I, it was also known that I was very happy with my job. So I didn't want that to defer, deter anyone from, you know, potentially bringing me an opportunity. Um, and so Kristen, my next door neighbor, basically heard of this new position they were creating in my group, which is the corporate legal group at McDonald's. Um, and they were looking for somebody junior. And so it was the first time they'd hired kind of, I don't know if it's the first time, but it was rare for them to hire someone as junior as I am, mm-hmm. or as I was, I guess I still am. Uh, and so she basically came over, you know, knocked at my door and said, there's this new position. They're going to be posting it. I really think you get your resume together, get your cover letter together and send it to me tonight. Um, and I had a four month old baby at the time was still working, you know, at the law firm. So I was like, oh yeah, I have so much extra time to now <laughs> put my resume together. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but I did it, sent it to her, you know, and then kind of just the process started from there. And thankfully, you know, 
did this interviews with McDonald's, liked everybody there. I had met some people just through my through my friendship with Kristen before, so I knew that I really liked the company and I really liked, you know, the people that I'd met there and Kristen he said, who's been a lawyer for almost 10 years, I've never met someone who loves her job as much as she does. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was, you know, a very telling sign that that was supposed to be a place that people like to work because it, there's not that many lawyers that I've met who are just gung-ho about their jobs every single day, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of, there's, I think, a lot of burnout. And I did not see that in Kristen. <laughs> I still don't see it in Kristen. She still lives next door. And um, so we do still work together, and it's nice and um she was correct. Like it is a great place to work. Tell us about like when you first started working there, what were some of the differences? I know we touched on a little bit of them, um, but just describe those in a little bit more detail. So at a law firm, it's very, there's 12 layers of bosses before, you know, you get to the client. So mm-hmm. as a very, my, you know, the a first year associate, if I would do some work, I would have it reviewed by a mid associate and then she would have it reviewed by a junior partner and then that would be reviewed by a senior partner and then it might finally go to the client. So there was it's a lot of kind of checks and balances along the way, which I think is good because clients are paying for a law firm's expertise. Uh, I do think that's why things get to be so expensive because if it's you know one secretary certificate that's drafted and four people look at it, you know, that's a lot of eyes and a lot of time build to on something that could be potentially very easy. Mm-hmm. So when I started at at McDonald's, I had to draft a couple, I don't even remember what they were, resolutions or something um, day one. I mean, the first day I walked in there like, oh, this has been on the back burner. Can you do this and get it out and send it out? I'm like, yeah. So I you know, drafted them and I went to a senior uh, counsel on my team and I said, hey, could you, is, are you going to be the one who looks at this or is it Chris or Denise? And she kind of like looked at me like, what are you talking about? Do you have questions on it? And I was like, no, not at all. I just didn't know who it needs to go through before I send it out or, you know, who will actually be sending it back out to like, and McDonald's, our clients are other business units in the company. So like someone in finance would be a client mm-hmm. of the legal department. Um, and, you know, she said, no, you know, you're an adult, you're a lawyer, you send out the work that you did. So if you have questions, I'm obviously very happy to help you with it, but we don't, we don't have that kind of, first of all, we don't have the time for that. Like we, it's kind of a misconception that in-house is just a lot easier, like a lot less work than, than a firm. It's not, mm-hmm. um, it's just the, a little bit more flexibility, I think. Okay. Um, I still have a ton of work. I mean, I still think I'd probably do more work than I did at the law firm, but it's a little bit more substantial work maybe. I, you know, it's not as much of the diligence, um, which diligence for like a transactional deal is similar to discovery for litigation. You know, it's reading or reviewing a lot of contracts, making sure that the company you're either buying or selling, it, mostly if you're buying it, you do a lot more diligence, but um, making sure that the company that you're buying, you know, doesn't have any skeletons in the closet that you're not aware of. Um, so that was really strange for me the first time was just kind of how much responsibility I got. And, um, since then it's just increased tenfold and basically whatever, however much responsibility and work you think you can take, they'll give to you at McDonald's. Uh, So we work on the proxy statement on my team, um, which goes out to shareholders every year. And it's just a very robust overview of the company. So one thing that, that shareholders can do is write these, um, statements in opposition, that are asking the company to change something or to do something. Um, it's actually called a, sh- sorry, it's called a shareholder proposal that the shareholders are writing. But then the company writes a statement in opposition, which is 
stating why that shouldn't happen. Okay. Um, so it can be anything from, you know, changing the requirements for um, write-in votes to be have things be able to be done by written consent as opposed to formal board action at meetings. Or it can be something like, for one that I did, it was they wanted us to report on every charitable contribution that McDonald's had made. And McDonald's does a matching gift program with its employees, so it matches um dollar for dollar up to five thousand dollars for each employee that they that they make and so reporting on every charitable contribution that it made was would have been a complete waste of time and not shown anything that so basically you know i write a statement saying why this doesn't make sense and why Mm -hmm. we already have this robust program and so that's something that you know i had never heard of didn't know anything about but kind of my team was working on it and i raised my hand and said hey i'd like to write one of those and so they said okay that's fine you can and then you know my my boss really helped me along the way and make sure that it, you know, it was well written and it complied with SEC guidelines. But at the same time, she really let me kind of, you know, go on my own and try to figure out how to do it. And it's something that I would never have had the opportunity to do um, at this level in my career if I was not at, you know, in house somewhere. So you have more flexibility and responsibility and ownership o- over your work. You think? Yeah, and a lot more. Um, professional growth opportunities okay um where you know i've been able to sit in with some litigation meetings um just for something fun to do you know it's mcdonald's has a professional growth committee where they put together different opportunities for people in the legal department to shadow or oh i remember you telling me about this yeah work with other Mm -hmm. departments so i will never do anything litigation related we have a whole large litigation department but i you know signed up to shadow a mediation for a labor dispute and so I got to sit in and listen to the entire mediation process which is great and that's not something that I would probably have been able to do if I had billable hours Mm -hmm. or you know I'd have to make up all that time but instead McDonald's really appreciates that I did that and you know they are happy my boss was excited to hear that I was you know interested in other opportunities and actually will actively seek out ones that I you know if I say hey I would like to be involved in some of the international deal work. Can you let me know when what's happening there? Talk to whoever it needs to be. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, I get to get involved in that kind of stuff. So I, I'm not sure if it's the same everywhere in house, but in my experience currently, it's really an opportunity for me to expand my legal, you know, set because I can be involved in so much more than just like the, the corporate work that I was, would have been involved in at my firm. Okay. And can you talk to us a little bit about the team dynamics, at least at McDonald's? Because I think in big law, especially, it's very, um, most law students understand how it works. It's a first-year associate, and then usually you're an associate for, I would say, seven to nine, ten years, and then you're a junior partner or partner, depending on the firm. But in terms of in-house, I think, again, um, there's not a lot of information out there, at least not that we know of. So I think that would be helpful. I think it's generally a little bit more flat um, in that there, there's just not as many senior positions, you know, like there's only one general counsel. So okay. there's not, um, you know, 15 partners or something like that. So at McDonald's, at least there's the council level, which is the entry level position, which is what I am. Um, and so that's, I think, until you've had six or seven years of experience. And then um, if, you know, your performance warrants it, you can be promoted to a senior counsel. Um, and then after that, we have, so most lawyers at McDonald's are probably senior counsel. Um, and then there's a managing counsel position, which is the next one above that. And so that's p- 
probably similar to like a, a maybe a junior partner. Um, so there are, you know, they kind of manage the, t- the team. They do th- more of the, the reviews and they do a lot, you know, kind of just the administrative type stuff. They also obviously have legal work that they're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then above each of the managing councils, there's an officer. Um, and that's kind of, that's the p- person who's more of a, an, the, the executive. So I think maybe a senior partner or a, um, like a chair of a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard also because each law firm has different. Right, right. No. Um, positions exactly. but there's definitely a lot more senior council positions and you know there's not people aren't reporting to senior councils it's I th- like I said I think it's a little bit more flat because people can be senior council then for 30 years 40 years um, a woman on my team retired last year I think after 40 plus years and she was senior council oh wow 40 um, plus years at McDonald's yeah wow. there's a, McDonald's <laughs> has a lot of uh, long tenured <laughs> employees did you start working there? Um, this is not related to the law, but did you start working there when they were still in Oak Brook? I did, okay. but I knew they were moving um, because I live like a mile and a half from the new headquarters. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I did not want to commute for my whole career, but I knew I could handle it for like eight months, which is what I had to do. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and we can work from home two days a week. Okay. So that was helpful. It was the first time I've actually had to drive to a job. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit. That's a good transition um, to talk about the fun stuff. I think um, the new HQ in West Loop, for those listeners that don't know, um, McDonald's moved their headquarters to the West Loop neighborhood of Chicago, which is, I would say, a very up-and-coming hip neighborhood now. Um Tell us about some of like the fun perks at working at McDonald's and what the hours are like in comparison to your previous role and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, if anyone is listening and has not been, the the new building is very very cool. Um, there's also a McDonald's restaurant in the on the main floor that's open to the public, mm-hmm. um, and there's a rotating menu of international items. So every eight weeks, there's different um, food items like the the hottest items from around the globe. Um, so it'll be different McFlurry and different, you know, sandwiches and stuff like that. Um, so I would highly recommend if you could make a trip out there because um, there's some in, some fun, fun things. Uh, I definitely eat more McDonald's than I ever had in my <laughs> entire life. <laughs> some of it's not bad, though. You know, I like the Egg McMuffin. I'm like, just take off the bread and you're good. It's yeah. just like eggs. <laughs> I mean, I, I was joking with somebody because I was pregnant when I was at my firm. And then I was pregnant. Um, I just recently had a baby. So I was pregnant at McDonald's as well. And I actually gained more weight at the firm than I did at McDonald's. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Because there's a lot more like free food and (laughs) sandwiches and cookies and stuff constantly around at the law firm. Whereas like I'd have to actually get up out of my desk and go down to get a sandwich. So (laughs) the laziness factor (laughs) outweighed the McDonald's factor. But um, I do eat there a lot. People, everyone actually at the company eats there a lot. Um, my, My boss eats there almost every day and I mean she's like the most in shape person I've ever met so um let's see some fun things um so we have a happy hour on every Thursday the the top floor of the building um has great views of the city a really awesome kind of outer patio area as well as just an open indoor area and then at 3 30 every Thursday there there's a bar that opens up it's cash bar um but so it's a nice way to kind of be able to relax, have some, spend some time with your coworkers or with, you know, people in other departments who you work with, but don't really know socially. Um, so that's fun. And it's sometimes it's themed based on, you know, different 
promotions that McDonald's is doing. So there was a big McDelivery one, you know, where they were handing out different um, McDonald's like PJs and socks and stuff to to promote like McDelivery and staying in and having your your McDonald's delivered to you. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, so there's they, it's always themed and it's very like well done. And there's different food themes and the fiftieth anniversary of the Happy Meal was recently, so that was another big fun theme that they did, and everyone got little Happy Meal toys, and um, that's fun. Um, the hours are, the core hours for McDonald's are, I believe, 9.30 to 3.30. Okay. Um, which is basically when you're supposed to be, you know, at your desk, available for, not necessarily at your desk, but available for meetings, calls, anything like that. Um, that's not to say that that's what the workday is, but that's a lot of people are a lot of people are more like a eight to four maybe um by about five o'clock it's pretty cleared out Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are making it back out to the suburbs when they decided to move downtown they really did a good job of making sure that they made it as easy as possible for commuters so if you're over in the west loop you'll probably see big buses with like french fries drawn on them or Mm -hmm. yellow sesame seed buns um those are McDonald's employee buses that are shuttling from the major transportation centers to the headquarters and then back. Mm -hmm. And so basically all day you can get from, you know, Ogilvy to headquarters on one of these um, buses. It's also like a 20 minute walk. So I think a lot of people do that. Um, But I've heard that it's really nice having those buses. Um, So a lot of, a lot of people are in a little bit earlier and out earlier. Um, McDonald's is really, good about supporting families and supporting whatever work life you might have whether you have a family or not if you have a you know a hobby that you like to do at three o'clock on Thursdays and so that's what you need to do every time then you know that's fine as long as you're getting your work done basically Um, so I've found that it's been really helpful for me because like with two kids now you know sometimes there'll be a music program at my three-year-old school and like okay well I'd like to see that so I can leave at four and go watched some little three-year-olds sing and <laughs> no one bats an eye on it. I don't feel bad about it. Um, but at the same time, I, I make sure that I have my, my work done. And if that means I need to work from eight to 10 at night, or then that's fine. Or I need to wake up a little bit earlier, then that's fine. Um, it's definitely not a, you need to have your, you know, head in the seat or whatever that expression is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, you need to be seen. Um, you just need to get your work done and be res- responsive and be respectful and not take advantage of, the flexibility that they have given us. I think a lot of students are interested in um, in house positions. And like you mentioned, when you were first looking and speaking with your neighbor, you thought that you needed at least, I think, three to five years of experience. Um, I don't know if you could speak on this generally, but what do you think is, what would be your advice to students that are interested in working in-house? Um, do you believe that they do need some experience? And then a kind of like a second question with them with that um what advice do you have with regards to networking and getting a, getting that experience honestly I, I am not sure about the experience question um because I wasn't looking really so I didn't I couldn't tell you if there was a lot of opportunities for junior people mm-hmm. LinkedIn you know you can always set up an alert on LinkedIn for you know what you're looking for there's also I think a place called goinhouse.com and so you can set up alerts and get you know job postings that way even now just to kind of see what's available and what what jobs are looking like and what they are asking for because if they are asking for you know three or five years of a specific experience and that's what you think you might want then start getting that specific experience Mm -hmm. Um, I'd also say try to be 
creative in how you're, you know, you are putting yourself forward with your experience. Like I had, you know, zero or two years of law firm experience, but I had four years of other work experience. So even when I was applying to McDonald's, I tried to position it like, oh, I actually have six years of experience. I mean, that it didn't work that way. Like mm-hmm. they didn't say, oh, great, you'll come in as a seventh year. <laughs> but I think it's a good way to also show that, you know, you have more experience than just what's on the paper. So even if you've been doing a lot of volunteering or, you know, you've been doing something that you can you can apply towards like your work experience, I think that's something that's important to do because a lot of people don't apply for things unless they have the exact qualifications that it says that they're looking for, which I think is not a smart move because the worst you can get told is no, Mm -hmm. but the best is, oh yeah, you know, we were looking for someone with that, but what you have is actually what we needed. We just didn't know how to articulate that. So as far as networking, I know for the Association of Corporate Counsel, ACC is for short, does a a diversity internship every year that McDonald's participates in. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of other in-house companies do. I was actually the mentor for it, for the the intern for the past two years, and that's been great. Um, I think there's a couple Loyola students who were participated in it, mm-hmm. but that's a great way to work. You work in a in house for a summer after your one a year. So it's really, if you do think you might want to do big law and still do OCI, you still have that opportunity. But this is so this is even before that. So that's something to look into. And even if you know the ACC internship doesn't work for you, maybe see what companies participate in that because they clearly you know have an interest in younger you know interns and reach out to them directly or find somebody if you can find somebody that you know who works there or somebody who knows somebody else you know Mm -hmm. kind of go down the line of of your network I also think that it's always great to reach out to somebody like if anybody wants to reach out to me after this I'm happy to meet for coffee or a phone call or you know whatever might be helpful I can't get you a job but I can at least you know chat with you and that's, I think, something that's always good to have is a little bit of inside perspective. Mm-hmm. As far as other networking, I would say, you know, just kind of see what's in, in your area. Chicago has a lot of bar associations. Um, so joining those and talking to anybody and everybody that you're interested in maybe being in-house. You know, if your mom's getting her hair cut and someone next door to her is, you know, general counsel somewhere, you know, that might be the way that you find that connection. Mm-hmm. So making sure that it's known that you're interested in something, not just for legal colleagues, but for anybody who might, you know, know somebody. Yeah. And I always say, um, even if you're not applying for a specific position at a specific company, I always think that getting coffee with someone and just hearing about what they do, especially as a law student, when we don't have any real experience, even if you've had internships, it's not the same. It's always important. And the same, and nobody, I mean, if you reach out to somebody and they don't respond, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> reach exactly. out again. Maybe they missed it. You know, like yeah. people are busy. And if you reach out two, three times and they don't respond, oh, well. Mm-hmm. And if they do, great. Mm-hmm. I think, think that was one thing that I learned being in sales is I can be rejected and not, it does not bother me. It's not a personal thing. They're not saying, Carrie, we hate you. <laughs> it's either like, oh, I was so busy I didn't see it. Or, you know, there's really nothing I can offer you right now. And I'm, I feel bad saying no. So I'm just going to pretend like you didn't hear from you. So looking back, since you do have experience both in big law and now in-house and you were a student at Loyola, we've talked a little bit about networking, but is there any specific courses? I know that you mentioned that the business law clinic was something that was really helpful for you specifically with the corporate and transactional background, but are there any specific type of courses that you would recommend? And then I know that sometimes experience is not 
required for some of these jobs, but do you think that having experience did really help you and it would be difficult for you to just, or anyone, I guess, to just start in-house without some type of formal training program? I'll start there. I am very grateful that I did time at the firm just because it's a different way of working than the, who I'm working with now. So I learn from different people than who I'm working with now. And I always think that that's positive. Like I, t- I took some of their styles, the parts that of their work ethic that I liked, and I've put that towards mine. And I'm doing the same with my current you know, team. And if someone new starts on my team, I kind of figure out how they work and what, what I like best about what they do. And I you know, steal that for myself as well. So I liked that I had a different, different people that I could work with so that I could really kind of mold my professional development. It's a completely different type of work that I'm doing now than I did at the firm. So that wasn't necessarily important, but I think that any time, having any sort of work experience, I think is always will put you at a, a leg up in your next job because you know how to work in an office. You know how to work with people who you are similar to and who you are completely opposite from, you know, how to get through office conflict, you know, and be an adult. And so I think even if you have worked at a restaurant and being a waitress, that is very applicable work experience to working anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I do think that it was helpful for me. Could I have done what I'm doing now without it? Yes, 100%. But I think that it was nice for me to have that to back up that experience. It also is helpful for me now that I'm working with big firms, you know, that we are sourcing work out to them, I also know what it's like to be them. So I can, you know, give better deadlines and say, you know, I really don't need this until, you know, next week, instead of just saying, just, can you do this? And then I put on my hat when I was on that side. Oh, that means I need to do it right now. Mm-hmm. As now I could say, I, can you do this? And I need it by next week. So I think that that's a little bit helpful, but it's definitely was not, I mean, I could have done my job currently without that experience, but I'm glad I had it. So the business law clinic, I think it's very important. Um, I also got my tax certificate. That was really helpful for me when I was doing the deal work because basically every deal is structured around some sort of tax implications. So just knowing why we were setting it up as a reverse triangular merger or, you know, some other structure was helpful to me. I was not the tax attorney on it. They didn't ever, you know, I didn't have to ever give them my opinion as to what tax way would work the best, but it was nice for me to be able to know why we were doing it that way. So I really liked all the tax classes that I took here. Um, I think everyone should take personal tax or federal income income tax. tax. Yeah. I think that's just important for people to have just in general because you're paying your taxes, hopefully. (laughs) Um, So that I think is a great class. I honestly did not take a ton of bar classes that didn't interest me. Because I figured I could learn uh, through Barbary or Kaplan or whatever review course I was going to take. So people told me you have to take evidence. I didn't take evidence. Thankfully, there wasn't an evidence question on the bar. So I still passed. I'm not saying don't take evidence, but it wasn't of interest to me. So I didn't take it. That was kind of what what, how I think I, I got through law school really enjoying it was I did focus on things that were of interest to me. Did you focus a lot on writing courses as well, even though you were... No. No. (laughs) I took the mandatory writing classes. Yeah. It's nice because at Loyola, for listeners that aren't familiar, they require us to take uh, basically three semesters of legal writing. The first two are called legal writing one and two, and then the third semester is called advocacy. So I do think that is helpful 
though, because some students that are coming in from undergrad, like myself, I was a philosophy major. I wasn't an English or creative writing major, so I wasn't necessarily getting practice writing in a specific format and I think legal writing is extremely different than writing in an undergrad course so I think it's important for everyone yeah and I think it's really important especially if you want to be in an advocate type role Mm -hmm. um, that you do take a lot more of the writing classes and a lot because like you said legal writing is a whole different world but I don't do a lot of writing or it's you know or it's a lot of it's not necessarily as much persuasive writing it's more board resolutions things that are very factual where it's not you don't really need a lot of um, training in that kind of writing do you have any other like last comments that you'd like to like just in terms of giving advice for students that are interested in pursuing an in-house role I would say try you know try to reach out to anybody who does something that you're interested in a lot of times they'll be happy to talk to you I think lawyers like to talk about themselves (laughs) and so they'll be flattered to hear from you and if but be genuine and genuinely interested in learning what they do, not necessarily just wanting a job from them. Because there's a lot of times that, I mean, I have zero control over getting anybody a job, but I'm happy to chat with you about, you know, what I do, what what you're thinking about, chat you through that. Um, so I think that really trying to find a company that you're interested in and going from there, um, because in-house really you are working for the company. I mean, it's my client is McDonald's and so I need to know the business. I need to like the business because that's my whole job now. And so I'm glad that I'm at a company that I really like. I think it'd be hard to work as a lawyer at a company that you were not very passionate about. So I think that was uh, would be a good start. You know, try to find companies in your area that have a legal department and then go from there. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for taking the time to speak with me today. I think a lot of our listeners and students will find this episode to be very informative and helpful. And um, Carrie mentioned that you can reach out to her if you have any questions or you'd like to network with her. So we will be sure to include her name um, on the bio for this episode. Thank you again, Carrie. Of course. Thanks. That's all from us here at The Podvocate. Thank you again for joining us today. Our team wants to hear from you. If there's a topic you want the show to cover, an event you'd like us to address, or just something you're passionate about, please email us at thepodvocate at gmail.com. Our producer is Jim Allrutz. Our senior editor is Radhika Sutherland. Our associate editors are Haley Burridge and Jake Kupferman. And our editor-in-chief is Matt Doran. Special thank you to Dean Michael Kaufman for providing us the resources and support to make the show possible. And thank you to our predecessors, the Dialogue De Novo team, for launching a podcast on our campus. From Loyola University Chicago School of Law, this has been The Podcast.